0: Welcome to episode 24, airing in late August 2020. Hello friends, hope you remember the earlier episode we had with Usha Mukunda. Yes, that was episode 22. If you missed it for some reason, please listen to the sing. The link is available in the show notes of this episode. Just to refresh your memory, Usha Mukunda has reinvented herself every 20 years or so. We listened to her first avatar as a leading table tennis player in the country till her 20s, then focusing on her family and role as a mom for the next 20 years while still continuing to play TT and setting up reading clubs. And in her 40s, she enrolled for a full-time librarian course. We listened to the challenges she faced until then and how she overcame them. In this episode, We will resume from the point when she started her life as a librarian and the phenomenal things she has done after that. So, come on, let us dive into this episode. After the course, you decided to join Valley School, right? And there again, the librarian part of your journey, you were just not another librarian. You were somebody where every child who has interacted with you, I'm sure they cherish. When they read the books, if they are interested in the books continue, I'm sure they would remember you. So you were that kind of a librarian doing many different things many people feel that okay there are some people who set out to do different things and there are people who just know it's okay types so did you set out to do things or it just happened
1: no I think I was quite clear about what kind of library it should be what kind of interaction and communication I should have with children I don't know where that came from because the course didn't concentrate on school mm-hmm. and children's libraries mm-hmm. at all at all but I had I imbibed something of the spirit of the library mm-hmm. movement and I had decided right from the start that this is what I would do one thing I should say I think for all human beings some good things go to one's head right so when I saw that I was doing well I got the gold medal in Billy Bessy and got the gold medal in Emily Bessie my god all my colleagues were saying to me Oh, now you'll get a top job as librarian, now you'll get this and it mm. went to my head. <laughs> and so when Valley School had interviewed for our two children for admission and they called back and said, Children are in, would you like to come as librarian? I mm. hesitated, okay? I, I didn't say it I didn't jump at mm. it, I must say. I I thought to myself, Oh, like, you know, everybody's thinking I'll become like librarian or British council or IISC or something that's what they Mm. were expecting and I I hesitated then again my husband came in to just give a few pointers he said you know all these years you have never worked anywhere Mm. in your life and the outside world the working world is a cutthroat place it may not be all the way you are Mm. imagining it you will have to really struggle and fight for your right and this and that. I don't know if you'll enjoy that. But Valley School, I think, will be a very like supportive and gentle mm. space for you. And academically and otherwise, there will be intellectual, um, how shall I say, support and intellectual challenges mm. for you. Why don't you give it a try? <laughs> So that's how I ended up at Valley School and my God, it was just wonderful because though I was fighting for my way through to have an open Mm -hmm. library, it was a good fight, I would say.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Will you just highlight two, three points about open library for the benefit of the listeners?
1: Yeah. See, for me, an open library is at the basic level, open access, open shelves, no locked cupboards. Children have free access to... The material that they want to Mm -hmm. use. Now, that open library also assumes a certain responsibility and ownership by the children or whoever uses the library. So that is something I communicated right away and said, this is not my library. This is Mm -hmm. our library and it's open. It's open in many, many ways. So I would talk to them first about what is an open library. How do you think it should function? Should I lock it? Should I not lock it? I think throughout my professional career as a librarian, I have depended on conversations with the Hmm. children or young, even very young children and even older children to say, What should we do here in this library? How should we run it? What kind of rules should we have? Everything came from the children, Krishna. Everything came from the children.
0: That talks about openness in your mind to a large extent. Because while you said uh, gold medals and all that in your course went into your head. But I see you going in with an open mind, allowing you to be led by the children. Yes. In terms of how they want to engage with the library, engage with books. At the same time, being responsible for it.
1: Yeah, yes. And I also had ideas to present to them, which they could benefit from. And they just took to it like ducks to water. They enjoyed it so much. And they would help to take care of the library. An open library is everything in the sense that it's open in the mind, as you said. Hmm. It's open in the mind. And it's open to everybody, whether it was staff, kitchen staff, office staff. I got them all in somehow Hmm. or the other. And I said, yeah, this is this library is not just for the students to study in. It's for everybody to use. So that's what I think of. Right.
0: So I can imagine you not as how they show a librarian behind a desk in movies (laughs) and in popular media with a strict face, saying shh to anybody who talks. But I can see you there smiling, going around the shelves, uh, and any child who is peering into books, you suggesting, you talking to them what they like about the book or not. (laughs) I just want to be that child. Because I remember, and many of the listeners would know of libraries as those spaces where there is silence and everything is locked and it is so liberating when somebody wants to share about books talk about books books as a tool to engage right yeah
1: yeah yeah as a as a treasure actually yes even in Valley School, it was not easy going because even for all of them, their, their kind of conventional uh, idea of a librarian was different. Right. Somebody who would sit and catalog, catalog, catalog. Hmm. In fact, that's what they wanted me to do at first. But hmm. luckily, my professor at the university, so he was so liberal. He said, no, get to know the children first. Hmm. So such good advice. Once I noticed in Valley School that at lunchtime, young ch- children... Uh, would uh, run into the library to play hide-and-seek. Okay. They found it such a good place to play hide-and-seek because of the shelves. Yeah. (laughs) And they would hide behind shelves. Then at one point in the teacher's meeting, one of the teachers uh, brought up this point and said, isn't it wrong for children to come and run around there? They're making so much noise, etc. Then I said, You know, it's lunchtime and all of you are eating lunch. There's nobody using the library at that time. Hmm. And here is what I feel, that these children are beginning to get to know the library in an informal way, in a non-intimidating way. Right. (laughs) And they are, you know, when they hide, they're looking at the books. They sometimes come and tell me, I saw one book there. Like little children. Yeah. I felt that whole aura of the library was like melted, had melted for them.
0: Mm, Nice. From Valley School, you were a co-founder for this uh, school, Center for Learning. And you moved on there to set up an open library there as well. Do you want to just talk about that part of it? Yeah.
1: So the challenge there was more about setting up the school. But Mm. it was so exciting. I can't tell you without realizing it. Ten of us who were together, we were quite a dynamic group. We just managed it.
0: Hmm. I
1: don't know how. From day to day, we were taking on things and deciding things together. And the best thing was that in year two of our start, six senior students joined our plus two. Okay. And just to tell your viewers how it works those six actually were our watchdogs they were our guides they were our advisors they were our critics and cfl really has benefited from them so this age gap didn't matter at all
0: Hmm. they were
1: all 16 17 but they would tell us i think this is not right what you're doing Hmm. or try this let's try this (laughs) and one of them now is a teacher at the school Wonderful. Moving on, now
0: you are in the fourth stage. You have moved yeah. out of an active role in CFL and you right. work with many village schools and libraries and mentor the librarian program conducted by Parag Trust.
1: Yeah, Parag is the wing of the Tata Trust.
0: Okay. Yes. Which means in a way, from figuring out how to set up a library and a different kind of a library, now you are influencing so many young minds and How library movement in India is. To a large extent, you have been a mentor for that particular aspect, and so many different kinds of libraries are shaping up all over India. Would you like to share a little
1: about that? Sure. See, when I finished my course and joined School Library, Valley School, in the professional field they didn't have much of an opinion of school libraries. Their mm-hmm. m- monthly seminars, etc. were all about other things. Okay. Technology and uh, digitalization and so on. Mm-hmm. But I continued to be present there to wanting to be a voice on behalf of school libraries. Now, all those years while people were not really realizing the importance, gradually, gradually, they began to see how important it is to begin right. Hmm. Because they, they would complain, college libraries would complain, oh, we have to lock up the shelves, lock the doors, because uh, the users steal things. I said, so I would say, don't you think that good library habits begin much at a much younger stage? Hmm. Or the relationship between the librarians and the users has to be looked at and bonded in some way Hmm. put in place coming to what I was doing of course many people were appreciating oh you're doing wonderful things blah 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 but what they also questioned was but you're doing it in a special school with small number of children will it work So this was a question I had to take on. Right. Will it it work in a different, in a rural setting with large numbers? So then I decided when I moved out of CFL and handed over to another person, Hmm. then I said to myself, okay, let me give it a try. Before I end this (laughs) whole sojourn, let me try and find out for myself. Otherwise, I'll always be thinking, yes, I could do it only in this setup. Right. So then I began and I have a colleague who is no more now, Leela Mm Gardi, Canada expert. So she and I did go into one or two rural schools and it worked. It worked beautifully. So much so that the teachers in that school then decided to actually build a small room for the library, opened their locked cupboards and gave out their books to children, and one of the teachers said, I want to be the librarian. It was nice a lovely thing. So this new phase of
0: exploration happened around what
1: age? 60 plus. You have divided my life very nicely into groups of 20. So oh this okay. Is 60 plus. I moved out of CFL when I was 60 plus mm-hmm. and then did this. So this was right here outside Bangalore a place called Gundahati. Hmm. Very very low income labor group but it worked. So it's beautiful. So then at some point, I think I got to present a paper about whatever I've been doing at some national seminar in Delhi. And I got picked up by Tata Trust. Okay. Okay. Now, this was such a beautiful turning point in my life, I Hmm. would say, because all these things that I would wish for, how can I reach the farthest corners of the country? How can I make contact with them happen through them? Because they had partners in such out-of-the-way places, tribal groups, very low-income groups uh, in Madhya Pradesh, in Uttar Pradesh, in Rajasthan. So we started doing like a course Mm -hmm. for people coming from them. And it was so humbling to meet these people. I can't tell you, Krishna, because they are just ready to imbibe everything you say and take it back and make it happen. That energy that they showed hmm. was just amazing. So this particular course focuses on how to be a librarian? Yeah, it's called a library educator's course, which, in fact, uh, my colleagues and I design. Hmm. We designed the course and we started as a pilot in Udaipur. And that's when we met people like this and felt young women. One woman said to us, I have not had any co- in Hindi. She said, I have not had conversation with an adult for six months now, oh, which okay. means she was living in a room, going to the school, coming back to that room. That was it. Hmm. That was her hmm. life. Hmm. And suddenly she found other young people who were also sharing their experiences. It it was really humbling. I came into this at the age of 60 plus. I wish I had come earlier, but yeah. But I shouldn't complain. Now, I'm going to be 78 in a month
0: mm-hmm. or two. Mm.
1: And so if, if your calculations are right, <laughs> from 60 to 80, I have another two years to do this because I have been engaged with this so happily to be working with a different clientele.
0: Okay, this program is still on. We would be in a position to share
1: details. Oh, yes, yes. See, in the early years, it was being done in Hindi. Mm -hmm. And for two, three years, those of us who had designed the course were part of the Hindi. Sujata Naruna of Bukwam Goa and I, we were part of it. But then there was a feeling, strong feeling that we should do the course in English also. Hmm. Then we started, I would say, she started it uh, in Goa. Mm -hmm. And so that's been going on for three years now. And this year, because of the lockdown, we have been having intense discussions on how to do it online, how to make it as interactive as possible online. So it's a seven-month course. It's an online course with three contact sessions, except this year. I don't know how it will work.
0: That is So for anyone interested in reading... Or anyone interested in working with children and young children especially. Yes. This would be a very good opportunity. We will definitely share the details of this course also as part of this episode. Okay. Very good. Very good. When somebody listens to all this, you Mm -hmm. seem to have used up all the opportunities available to you and maybe you (laughs) created them out of thin air. Okay. (laughs) Now... When you see younger women, the women of today have so much more opportunities. Do you have that
1: feel? See, my own granddaughter is 25 years old. Hmm. And yes, when I see her her independence, her ability to take decisions and be supported on those decisions. Yes, I feel happy for her. Hmm. But... But I think I can't completely disconnect from the times that I lived in right? and the way things happened at that time. I mean, all my friends, my colleagues who were in school with me and in college, some of them I'm still in touch with. Mm. I think all of them had, in fact, very normal lives and when they finished, maybe they taught for a few years and they have retired Hmm. so in that sense i should say i'm fortunate that i'm still working i'm still engaged and i'm still very interested in what i'm doing learning i'm still learning yeah yeah so maybe there one more
0: thing when i meet people especially middle age or maybe 40 plus, many people feel today they are left out because Mm. they do not know technology and the young generation, everything requires technology today and somehow Mm. they feel left behind. So what is your message? Because your generation, so to speak, would have seen so much of a change. I remember my parents talking about radio coming to their village for the very first time and them (laughs) going to see the radio. So that way in terms of how technology and This catch-up game is never-ending. But so many things in our minds. Mm. I don't know English, Oh, I cannot do all these things. I do not know technology, so I do not know those things. Mm. So, do you think these are essential elements? What is required for a woman to look around and seize opportunities... What do you think are the most
1: essential elements? I think the essential element really is in our minds. Honestly, I feel that if we want to do something and we decide that we will do it or try to do it, these other things you mentioned about language and technology, these are like peripheral things which you can learn right. if you wish to. You, it, It's not like that's not the fundamental criteria for right. getting into something. Sometimes they become the obstacle. No, not necessarily. Hmm. Because see, I think it's something to do with how passionate you are about what you want to do. You want to do it and then you learn whatever is needed for that. That's yeah. what I've done. Okay. I don't know everything in technology, but I learned whatever I needed to do. I mean, I started with email. I now Skype. <laughs> I mean, you, you young women who are listening will probably have a good laugh when you hear me. But it hasn't stopped me from doing anything that I wanted. When the course required me to learn Moodle, I learned Moodle. Hmm. Okay. So as I came to each point at which I needed, supposing the course I said we did it in Hindi I needed to brush up on my Hindi Hmm. so I didn't say at first oh I don't know Hindi so I can't do this course. I said I'm doing this course because this is a way of reaching out to all these people in the hinterland right? Right. I will learn polish up my Hindi and Kannada also we went and did things in uh, Yadgir Hmm. with many schools there also I had to brush up but people were always very understanding and I would say you know, things yeah, like that. Yeah, right. Hmm. So it's a question of not being on one side or the other. It's a question of breaking that barrier between us and you hmm. or us, them, and becoming one whole where anything you want to do, you reach out for help if you want to do it. So the, the main crux of it is. What do you want to do and why do you want to do it? Right. The how will come. The how
0: will come. Okay. Yeah. So is there any other message you want to leave <laughs> for your listeners? This itself, there is so much of learning. I'm saying if many of us who listen to this, if there are some things which really has touched us, I'm sure we can do so much in our lives. But apart from this, is there anything else you want to share?
1: Well, you young women are lucky because you are living in a time when you can speak up. So do speak up. I think your voices are very important, whether it is to be heard in domestic abuse or in uh, sexual abuse or in any aspect of your lives which are I right, which are not right hmm. for women. Hmm. I think I think you should speak up, right? I I think that's the most important thing that I would say. And you, young people, do have that voice. We didn't have it at that age. I think most of the time I would be backing off from Mm. saying anything. But if I see my granddaughter of 25, she does have that voice. So I think it's important to be vocal.
0: Mm.
1: Use your voice and be vocal, not strident, not uh, in a fighting spirit Mm. or anything, but in the right way, use your voice. Right. Be intentional and maybe then speak up yes of course but speak up for something you will also stand behind right remember it's not speaking up for oh for xyz and say they are xyz so i'm speaking for them speak up for something where you will also be there in the middle wonderful and at this point now what is it that you look forward to (laughs) <laughs> it's very interesting. I look forward to contacts like this, like you have uh, made possible for me where I am somehow, if I'm heard by many of you, I would love you to be in touch with me. I always give my, when I say open, I always give my email ID to anybody and I use it, frankly, like WhatsApp. I'm immediately on uh, Email and I reply. Yeah,
0: or <laughs> uh, definitely, I have experienced that.
1: <laughs> that that's my WhatsApp. Yeah. So, I look forward to these contacts and interactions, which seem to keep falling into my lap. Frankly. Every now and then I feel, oh, okay, I have to shut shop now. But no, there is a knocking on that door of the shop and I open it.
0: Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so listeners, we will share Ushanti's email ID also. So feel free to reach out, exchange information and hope this inspires. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Krishna, for inviting me.
0: What a journey, right? Like I said earlier, she represents the new Indian woman for me. There are so many things that we can learn from her and implement in our lives. Hope you found her story inspiring. I enjoyed recording this with her. I told her that I would love to have her in another episode to share a few books with us, to not just to read and help us get a glimpse of what children who interact with her get to experience. Well, that's for another day. Do visit my website thenewindianwoman.com for related blogs on this topic. Of course, I would love to hear from you. You could rate or leave a comment in your podcast app or write to me at krishna at thenewindianwoman.com. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now.